0: I'm reading from Luke chapter 7. I'm not going to put the scriptures up on the screen today because I have a lot of scriptures I'm reading. So I'm just going to read through this story quickly, beginning with verse 36 of Luke chapter 7. One of the Pharisees asked him, Jesus, to eat with him. And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, that could be any one of us, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil, And she stood at his feet behind him, weeping, and she began to wash his feet with her tears. She wiped them with the hair of her head, and she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. Now, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself, saying, This man, speaking of Jesus, if he were a prophet, he would know who and what manner of woman this is who's touching him. Oh, he knew. He knew. He knows what manner of man and woman you are. He said, if he were a prophet, he would know what manner of woman this is who's touching him because she's a sinner. Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. Now, Simon had not said anything out loud. He's just thinking this stuff. But Jesus said, I have something to say to you. And he said, well, say on, teacher. He said, there was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and another 50. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Now tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? Simon answered said, well, I suppose the one who he forgave more. And he said, you have rightly answered. And then he turned to the woman and he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet. It was customary in those days for a visitor to have their feet washed because they walked practically everywhere they went, and they did not have paved roads. They had dirt roads. They wore sandals, and their feet were filthy. And when they came into somebody's house, the guest of that house would wash that person's feet as a sign of respect to help them clean themselves up. He said, I entered your house, and you gave me no water for my feet. But this woman has washed my feet with her tears, and she has wiped them with the hair of her head. He said, you gave me no kiss. It was customary. In fact, still is in the Middle East. Men will even grab each other and kiss each other on the cheeks. That's customary in the Middle East. He said, you gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since I came in here you did not anoint my head with oil. It was customary to anoint the guests with oil to help them clean the dust off their bodies. He said, but this woman has anointed my feet with her fragrant oil. And therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven because she loved much. But to whom there is little forgiven, the same loves... You wonder why I act the way I act? You want to know why I worship with abandonment the way I do? Why songs like what Brother Jameson sang this morning brought tears to my eyes. I stood down there weeping, singing those songs. Praise is what I do. You wonder why? Because you don't know like I know what he's done for me. And then he said to her, your sins are forgiven And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this that forgives sins? His name is Jesus, my friend. He went to Calvary for you. That's who forgives your sins. And he said to this woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. I've been preaching since the new year on this um, theme of why have you come. And I've been talking about the wise men and why they came as compared to Herod and why he went looking for Jesus and the differences. Today, I want to talk to you about why have you come with the same theme, but I want to talk to you about this woman. and I'll entitle this today, She Loved Much. That's Why She Came. She Loved Much. Valentine's Day is tomorrow. It's a time for expression of love, right? I hope you're going to do something for the one you love. I'm going to do something for the one I love, and I'm also not going to remember to praise Jesus tomorrow for how much I love him. I love him. Amen. Praise God. The story of this situation here is that Jesus is in the home of a religious leader. His name is Simon. I'm going to try to get through this quickly because we're already running late, but let me, let me just talk to you for a moment. When Jesus arrives, it would have been customary for him to be greeted with a kiss, to have his feet washed, as I've already stated, and to neglect doing such things was extremely disrespectful, and Jesus had developed quite a following by the time this story takes place, and he was a renowned teacher at this point, point. and yet even though he carried such a great reputation with him into Simon's house, Simon did not bother to take the time to do the things that Jesus deserved. But while he was there, a prostitute came in and did for him what the religious leaders would not do. And this would explain why she did what she did, because she was forgiven so much. Giving Jesus a kiss of greeting would have been inappropriate for this woman, but still She cannot contain herself and she decides she's not just going to kiss him. She's going to get down and kiss his feet and she's going to wash his feet with her own tears and she's going to dry it with her own hair and she's going to let him know how much she loves him. And if you wonder why I'm here today and why I lift my hands and praise him and why I had tears in my eyes as Jameson was singing those beautiful songs today, it is simply because I love him so much. He has done so much for me. So Simon is now in his heart a little upset that Jesus letting this woman do this stuff in his house because Simon knew what kind of woman she was. I don't know anything about your past. I don't want to know. My past is bad enough. I know mine, and I know this Jesus. If he has let me come in here and allowed me to worship him and not strike me with a bolt of lightning, God forbid I judge you. God forbid I say anybody should not be here because anybody is welcome in the presence of the Lord. So Jesus takes this opportunity to shed some light on the condition of both of these people, and he tells a story of the money lender, which I read to you today. And to summarize it quickly, he said two people had a debt. One was a great debt. One was a small debt. The, 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 uh, the, the man forgave both those debts. Who's going to love more? Well, the one with the bigger debt, of course. And rightly so. And let me tell you something. You wonder why I love him the way I do? Because nobody knows like I know what he has done for me. Nobody knows like I know what he's done for me. The degree to which a person has been enlightened to their complete and utter indebtedness to the Lord and their complete value to Him as His child and the degree to which they will honor Him by loving Him because they love Him. They will love others. They will reach out to others. The degree to which we do that is the degree to which we understand how much He has forgiven us. And this is why she had the extreme response to the Lord that she had. And it is with this story in mind that I refer back to the theme of my sermons that have been going on so far this year, and that is this. Why have you come? Why have you come? I have come to love him, to say thank you for washing away my sins, for setting me free. Now, I asked in earlier sermons why you've come when I talked about Herod, who came to kill him as compared to the wise men who came to worship him. Some have come because they have a need. Jesus regularly meets people's needs. He met the needs of 10 lepers, and isn't it interesting that out of 10 lepers, only one came back to say thank you? Count me among that, that, that guy's crowd. I want to be one that comes back to say thank you. Is it always convenient to get up on a Sunday morning and come to the house of God? No, it is not, but I will always be here because count me in when it's time to come and praise the Lord with the rest of those who have been set free by the master's touch. So today, and I'm going to wrap this up quickly, I'm talking about the difference between a religious leader and a woman of ill repute. In a book entitled *Reclaiming the Gospel of the Kingdom* by a man called Frank Viola, he makes three very interesting statements about religion in our world today. He says there is the gospel of uh, libertarianism. Gospel of libertarianism says, "You are welcome in God's kingdom, and you don't have to change." and we know that there are libertarian churches. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid to report to you that libertarianism has infiltrated many Christian churches today. Come as you are and stay as you are. We love you the way you are, and there's no need to feel like you need to change that. Everybody is right. If you feel right about this, it's right. I'm here to tell you it's not necessarily right. But that's the gospel of libertarianism. Then there's also the gospel of legalism. There are churches that are legalistic. And what legalistic churches are like is this. You are not welcome in God's kingdom unless you change. You're not welcome. You can't come like that. You can't look like that. You can't act like that. You can't be like that. Only certain people. You've got to get that straightened out first before you come to this church. We're a holy people. And then, neither one of those two work as, you can, as, as I'm sure you can imagine, but then there is the church of Jesus Christ. And what is the church of Jesus Christ like? You can come as you are, and if you need fixing, I'll help you do that. You can come as... Listen, I am so glad when I first showed up it was to a church that said you can come as you are and, we, and if you need fixing, we'll fix that because when I walked in 40 years ago I came in out of the hippie movement, you know my story with the long hair, drugs, drinking I was a teenage alcoholic, I was a smoker I was a carouser and I walked in and sat on the back pew and I felt the presence of God and nobody said you don't belong here. Nobody said that. In fact, I chuckle today because Sister Suzanne Mucci, who's sitting out there, oh, forget Suzanne, my wife who's sitting here, <laughs> were two of the people in that church when I showed up that day. And that's why I tell people all the time. Someone walks in next and sits down next to you and they reek of of tobacco and drugs and smell of alcohol. You better be nice to them cuz they might be your pastor one day. <laughs> and I came to church. And I came into a church that simply said, "You are welcome in my kingdom." And if you need fixing up, we'll take care of that. Amen. And it happened. God did fix me up. I, I don't remember what order it was, but first it was, it was drugs, and then smoking, and then the drinking, and the long hair, and one thing thing after a time. And I remember, I remember one service. You mind me just taking another minute to tell you this? I remember one service, I was standing there, and I had finally broken through and lifted my hands. If you have never felt the liberation of, lift, liberation of lifting your hands to praise the Lord, I encourage you the next time we're singing a song or whatever, just to, just to lift your hands, because it was awkward to me, and I remember one, one service, I looked down this way, and everybody had their hands raised, their eyes closed, and I looked down that way, and everybody had their hands raised and eyes closed, and I figured, uh, nobody's paying any attention to me, I'm going to try it, and I threw my hands up in the air, and I felt like shackles fell off of me. But I'm saying all that to say this, because bit by bit, Jesus started talking to me. And I don't know what the real order was. It was the drugs. It was the drink. I remember the last drink I took. I remember the last drugs I took. I remember the last cigarette I smoked. I remember it all. And I remember bit by bit. And nobody, nobody told me, you can't do that anymore if you're going to keep coming to church here. And you can't live like that. If they just kept loving me and introducing me to Jesus and getting me in the presence of God. And I, and I, and I remember I was, I, I think it was the hair issue, long hair. You know, the, you know the Bible, people don't realize the Bible says it's a shame for a man to have long hair. And, and that hippie movement, we all grew our hair long out of rebellion. So here I am with long hair, nobody said anything to me, and I remember I raised my hands once in church, and all of a sudden all this long hair was hanging over my shoulder. I did have hair back then, don't look at me like that long, beautiful, blonde hair. Now it's thin and gray, but that's life. And I remember raising my hands, and I felt the presence of God, and all of a sudden, this hair just felt un- uncomfortable. And I thought, I, I, this is not right. I thought, I'm going to get a haircut. And while I was thinking that, you know what came to me? I, said, and I actually said this to Jesus. Because he had convicted me of smoking and convicted me of this, and now he was convicting me of long hair. And I finally, I looked at Jesus and I said, This never ends, does it? <laughs> this doesn't end, does it? And he basically smiled and grinned and said, No. I'll be working on you till the day you die. <laughs> and I'm so glad he does. I'm so glad I haven't reached a place where he said, I can't do any more with you. To this day, he still moves on me and touches me and fixes me. He's always wanting to fix me and make me better. And I'm always willing to let him fix me and make me better. That's why I love him so much. Because he loves me exactly the way I am, but he loves me too much to leave me like that. And I close with this. Why are you here? I'm here because I love him. I'm here because I want to praise him. I'm here because he has forgiven me of a very large debt. And I will never forget that. And I want to read you the words in closing of a song Sister Janice Shostrand wrote years ago about this very story. She said, the room grew still as she made her way to Jesus. She stumbles through the tears that made her blind. She felt such pain and felt unspoken anger and heard folks whisper, there's no place here for her kind. Still on she came through the shame that flushed her face until at last she knelt before his feet. And although she spoke no word, everything she said was heard as she poured her love out on the master from her box of alabaster. And then she said, and I've come to pour my praise on him like oil from Mary's alabaster box. Don't be angry if I wash his feet with my tears and I dry them with my hair because you weren't there the night he found me and you did not feel what I felt when he wrapped his love around me and you don't know the cost of this oil in my alabaster box. Don't be angry if I throw my hands in the air and cry out how much I love him. You weren't there the day I walked through the back doors lost and broken and dying. And he took me in and lifted me up and loved me like nobody ever loved me before. And that is why I keep coming. I keep living for him. Through every struggle, through every strumb- stumble, I just keep coming. Cuz you don't know like I know what he's done for me. And as I said at the beginning, I got to believe out of all of these people in this whole region, there's a thousand more like me that need the love, the grace, and the mercy of God. Can we stand together?